While we wait and see what happens next with Pitt football, we turn our attention to the men and women's basketball programs. With the conference schedule quickly approaching, we recap their first games and preview the upcoming seasons. That and more on this week's Hail to Pitt podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. There's one health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of December 5th, 2020. And this is the Hell to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan305 Tuzinski. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Smashed. Thrashed. Steamrolled. Waffle stomped. Boat raced. Molly whopped. However you want to put it. Pitt lost to Clemson. But hey, at least they went out there and they took their lumps. Which some people apparently didn't expect. I guess. College football is unfair. Bring on Georgia Tech. Bring on basketball. Here we are, Vince and Pam. I'm happy to be back with both of you as I stand here in beautiful Miami, Florida, where I'm spending a current uh, – I'm on, I'm on lockdown against my will, but I'm allowed to do this show. So you only have me for a little bit. Let's talk some pit. I appreciate you joining us today, Alan. Uh, yeah, not a, not a good story for the Panthers uh, football program. Over the weekend, just embarrassed on on national television, worldwide television, actually. Uh, so we gotta we gotta talk about it. We gotta sort it out, and we gotta get to the hardwood as well. It was something, Pam, yeah. that not even an Ithaca IPA could cure. <laughs> there wasn't liquor strong enough out there to cure it. Uh, maybe in, maybe in uh, prohibition times when they're moonshiners were prevalent well, that, but that is still prevalent i know but more prevalent <laughs> more well, dangerous yeah it was a hard one to watch but we watched it i watched the whole th- the whole thing the whole way through the good thing is i at least did have some barbecue ribs uh in my face the entire time i was gorging and and enjoying that so while we talk about the terrible game i am going to give my review of my brother-in-law's uh beef and pork ribs if you don't mind vince Go ahead. I'd, I'd love to hear it. I think that'll 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 kind of ease everybody in through listening to the kind of horror show that it was last weekend. And of course, we'll look ahead for the football team. And yes, we got some hoops coming up on today's show. Thanks for following us at H2P Show on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go to social media. We are there at H2P Show. You can email us. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we appreciate any feedback and comments we get when we got action going on on Panther Lair and Reddit. It's a big, happy, well, not happy. It's a big community full of Panther fans who are usually really <laughs> angry or upset about something. Uh, but collectively, you know, it's where we all get to be upset at the same time. So that's what's going on right now. We're all pretty bummed down in the dumps. What's the future going to look like? That's going to be this kind of show, I guess. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, where you could start your own podcast. If you want to talk about Pit, you could go there, prettyeasypodcast.com, and start your own Pit podcast. We'd love to hear more of them. Or, hey, maybe you want to do a show about Whippeal High School football. 
I know Vince would listen to your show, and you could get it done by going to prettyeasypodcasts.com. All right, Clemson review, beef and pork ribs review, made on a Traeger smoker, so damn good. Let's get into it. 31 nothing after the first quarter. Yikes. Yeah, it just uh, not not good. Uh, this uh, I think there was what three interceptions maybe in the first quarter, uh, four total. Uh, just just you know not a good start, and it it did not get uh, hardly any better uh, for this t- for uh, the Panthers, and you know kind of summed up maybe Pam in a a play that you were losing your mind over. And I think a lot of people were, uh, you know, down 31 nothing in that first quarter. And there was a fourth and short and in, uh, in, in the red zone. And Pat Narduzzi goes for a field goal. Oh, my gosh. I was not drinking during this game, uh, but maybe I should have been. Uh, I, well, I don't know. I probably would have swung my emotions and I would have gotten too outraged. I do not understand. Narduzzi's like, oh, we got to be tough, blah, blah, blah. But he is the most conservative coach. You go into Clemson, you have no chance whatsoever. You are down 31 to nothing. Three points is not going to make a hell of a difference. At least be aggressive. It's the same crap from Narduzzi that I am tired of seeing. Be aggressive. I mean, yeah, I guess a field goal would cut into the lead a little bit, but I think it sends a message to your team. And then it sends a message to Clemson, too, that you're playing conservative. Do you think maybe he just wanted to get Kessman some game tape out there for NFL scouts? No. I I don't think. (laughs) I think there's enough tape out there. (laughs) They haven't seen enough of my kicker. Maybe I'll throw him out there right now. What the hell? Nothing else is going on in this game. Or maybe maybe field goal blockers, uh, that like the the blocking team maybe yeah. I can see that. But the Kessman's got plenty of film. Uh, but you, you know you look at this was bad on so many levels. But you know in the second half in the third early third quarter, Pitt was only down I believe seventeen. Imagine if they would have went for yeah. Imagine if they would have scored a touchdown on that drive, and you know, maybe you're within two scores. I'm not saying Pitt's winning this game, but you know it's certainly a lot closer in the second half. Maybe you don't lose 52 to 17. Maybe you know maybe it's you know I don't know f- you know 45 to to you know 35 or something like that. But I mean it it just it, it did not it just did not go good. It, it that's the kind of play calling you know we've been talking about it since. Uh, that game at Penn State a couple years ago. That was the last, beginning of the end. Yeah, last year where it was like, you know, that is not what you should be doing in today's college football. That is not going to win And it wasn't games. even a fourth and 15. Yeah. It was a fourth and short. Yeah, specifically against good teams. Uh, you know, you got to capitalize on every single opportunity that you have. And I understand Pitt was shorthanded in this game. You know, you, you're missing three starting offensive linemen. You know, you're you're without uh, all the more yeah, reason to be aggressive. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you, you've you've got guys out all over the place. Uh, you know, you got to take your shots whenever you get them. I mean, there was there was doubts in that first quarter. Was Pitt even going to cross the fifty yard line? 
Uh, I mean, that, that was a, that was a real possibility. And, you know, you, you get these opportunities. You, you don't even try to take advantage of them. And it's that kind of, that's the, not the attitude, in my opinion, that, that you should have as a program. Well, I think Pitt at least exposed Clemson in this game, for sure. I think Pitt went out there and showed that, yeah, this team's okay, but they're not they're not national championship good because 52-17 to 17 really in the end of it isn't that impressive. 31 nothing in the first half. Am I, do I sound like a jackass right now? Probably. You but do. I'm trying you do because you spin, absolutely do. I'm trying to spin this in a positive light. Notre Dame kicked our ass way worse. That's what I'm getting at. But I also think Clemson came out super strong and then maybe took the pedal off the gas yeah. a little bit there in the yeah. fourth quarter, uh, to say the very least. How many I mean, drops, though? Like, oh, I get more oh, angry if, about drops and, and false starts than I do about what, conservative play calling. And that's just what's going on the worst. in the Southside facility. Are they do they need stick them over there? Because both teams need to learn to catch the damn ball. And that's. What's disappointing about it is, you know, they just came off of two really good performances where, where they didn't have any dropped passes. And, and they were able to to move the ball, uh, you know, specifically in a, in a, on thir- crucial third down conversions, you know, just catching the ball. They were able to do all that stuff. So you, I, I, it's like that in this moment they were intimidated or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. Can I be I honest? I completely forgot that there's another football game next week or whenever it is. I, I'm yeah, thinking we, like, oh, it's a we're just going to put this right? season. Yeah. yeah. I completely spaced out. I thought, I mean, I know it was postponed, but I keep thinking we just have to wait and see about uh, about the bowl. But I guess uh, we get to play Georgia Tech. Woohoo! I mean – what is, else is there to say about this season? Well, well, we will talk about that once the season is over. But this Georgia Tech game is an opportunity to get better. It, That's it's a definitely was. Yeah, it uh, is. It, what a, what an opportunity to get to go out and there I, and play football. And I will say, I will say this. Uh, uh, you know, you had, you know, I t- you had three guy, three starters on the offensive line that were out, and you could argue that this offensive line didn't do. Too terribly no, bad, they didn't. you know. Uh, in um, and and this was the case against Virginia Tech as well, where they had uh, several offensive linemen out. Uh, Matt Gonclav, Gonclaves, Gonclavis, uh, uh, redshirt freshman. He's been playing outstanding uh, as a reserve lineman who's been thrust into this starting role. Uh, so you know that's a that's a positive to look forward. Uh, you know for for next season. Uh, the offensive line has been a hot topic, Alan. I know you've been, you know, sounding the alarm about how bad the the offensive line recruiting has been, and you know you could argue it has not uh, it has not been great, um, but it, it looks like there's going to be some new blood uh, in there uh, next year for sure, and, and some of these players look pretty promising. And a new scheme, probably, hopefully. Yes. God willing, yeah. Well, that's freaking so, yeah, we will uh, be, be talking about that I'm f- for sure once the season is over. No doubt about that. So while while Pitt gave up 31 in the first uh, quarter, Pitt actually only, only went on to win the f- second quarter, 10-7, tied the third, and lost the fourth, 7-0. So, you know, they, they, they 
they stopped the bleeding a little bit. Or, like Pam said, Clemson took their foot off the gas. I don't know why they would, though, because this is a team that came into this game really angry with conspiracy theory thoughts that teams were ducking them and using COVID as an excuse. So uh, you would think that they would have wanted to really stomp out the Panthers. Um, and they did. But it could have been a lot worse. And I'm just upset that... Pitt really kind of showed no fight in the beginning of this game. It would have been fine losing by this much, but that first quarter skew is just what upsets you the most, that it was just right out of the gates, not competitive, embarrassing. Really, just and I, this whole week for college football, throw that in as just how this whole, whole system right now is being questioned. It's unfair. It's unstable. And right that right there, a team in the ACC – that should be putting up fights against pretty much everybody going in there, getting stomped out. This whole thing, really, really crooked in terms of just the competitive balance. Is it supposed to be? Some people don't think so in college. I think there's a shift, a tide that's shifting here, and things are going to change in this sport big time. Hopefully Pitt's a benefit of that, but that's a conversation for another day. But this whole week, we'll get into it later on with the Kirk Herbstreit comments, I'm sure, when we talk about the playoff, but... This whole week has been nuts in this sport. Uh, good thing this loss by Pitt was an afterthought in most people's minds. And uh, Cle- Clemson, though, they're still battling, trying to get their spot in the playoff, if that even gets played. Do you honestly think – here's a heat check. Pam, do you honestly think Pitt plays in a bowl game? Do you think that actually happens? No, I don't. I said that uh, we were talking about the other day, Vince and I, and – uh, with more and more bowls being canceled, I I think the opportunity for Pitt to play in a bowl game is shrinking. Um, like Vince said, there's no requirements this year, but I think that kind of works against Pitt because they could put a what a three and two Big Ten team in over Pitt, they, they honestly. Could, yeah. So, um, or like a two and two pack 12 team. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think um, Pitt hasn't done itself any favors, um, especially with there being no requirements to make a bowl game. So I don't think so, especially the tier of bowls that are getting canceled are the ones that Pitt most likely would be looking mm-hmm. at too. Yeah. And, and I would expect that there's going to be more and yep. more canceled and which is why I recommend everybody follow Brett McMurphy on Twitter. This guy's all over bowl cancellations. He knows Great. all about it. He's got. He's up to the latest information on what bowl will not be played. Great mustache, Brett McMurphy yeah. of the of the Stadium Channel, which is uh, I think free on over the air TV. Great, great yeah, sports so. channel. Uh, all right, you got any recruiting news then, Vince? So we can at least look yeah. ahead to the future because I'm telling you, in in my future, I see a Traeger smoker. These things are automated. You throw the meat in there. You throw the thermometer in there. It tells you on an app how how hot it is. You know when it's done. You flip it when it beeps. It's incredible. The most succulent ribs I've ever had cooked at someone's home. Shout out to my brother-in-law. Those are nice. Those Traeger smokers. Uh, you know they 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 cost they cost you a, a pretty penny for sure. But they, but they you know they produce. Uh, they produce some good Q. I would sell. I would if you have a car, sell your car, get a Traeger, and just take the bus. Because really, where are you going anywhere any this time this time of year in 2020? <laughs> get the Traeger. I'm telling you. Although my brother-in-law doesn't trust the automated temperature checker, so he uses his own manual one as well. 
to, to double verify, which is cool. Oh, yeah, you have to. You have to. Although I will say that, you know, they're, you know those are nice, those pellet smokers, but there, there's no substitute uh, for good old-fashioned charcoal and wood as far as I'm concerned. You, you do get a better flavor out of your meats is what they say. That's what I hear. But this is pretty damn good. I didn't even need no sauce, which – Nope, Which, yeah. well, nothing to hide, sauce on the side. Well, Pitt, Pitt could have used some sauce. They could have used something. No, It felt like no motivation in this Oof. game either. Yikes. Okay, Cruton time. We got a couple to talk about here, Vince? Yeah, yeah, we got a couple couple Crutes uh, committed. Uh, Gavin Bartholomew, uh, tight end at Eastern Pennsylvania, six foot five, 250 pounds, uh, three stars, uh, no power five offers. Uh, under the radar kid for sure, uh, but at a position in need, no doubt about that. Uh, Pitt needs you know tight ends that can can do can do anything uh, that can do something in the worst way. Um, so I mean, you'd like to get some you know more higher profile uh, recruits. Certainly at a position in need, somebody that can make an instant impact. But you know, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out to see if this kid's maybe a hidden gem. Uh, but this kid, I'm very excited about this next one. Kyle Fugetti, uh, 6'6", 260-pound offensive lineman from Detroit, Michigan, uh, three stars. Uh, this guy, he's got you know, several offers, uh, Indiana, Kentucky, uh, a bunch of Mac schools as well. Uh, this is a kid, maybe a late bloomer. He's, he's gained over 40 pounds. Uh, over the past uh, year or so, still a growing boy. Uh, this kid's a hockey player, so you know he's tough. He, he's got Ooh, good footwork. feet. Yeah, uh, footwork. So, you know, yeah, it's very important. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this kid uh, in a couple years, uh, maybe three years as being a, a key cog for, for this offensive line. They, they need it. Uh, I'd like – I think you got to give some of these guys a chance and as you said, Alan, with the new scheme, but you know you got to just keep restocking there that offensive line position. We need to keep bringing in uh, good quality players uh, and and you know a, a great athlete, a late bloomer like this. This could be this could be a big sign. Yeah, I mean that's that's exciting when you talk about um, uh, multiple skills in an athlete, a multi-sport athlete these days. Hard to come by. But uh, we'll we'll see how Pitt fares on that offensive line front. Yeah, just keep loading up on players there. But I'm hoping that we get one day, maybe like on the local news, uh, uh, end of the year yearbook wrap up on Pitt football in like three years, Pam, I'm thinking. And then we'll have the voiceover person say, Pitt struggled with tight ends for over a decade. And then along came uh, a three-star tight end with no offers from any other school named Gavin Bartholomew, who saved Pitt's tight ends and made them the tight end university they are known as today. That would be great. I I would love for that to happen. Or all I want. Or you know, even if they did one about how he was decent and they had some some other decent tight ends that followed. He came into the program with very few offers, but had twenty catches. In his three-year career before he dropped out, but no drops, making him the greatest tight end in Panther history. <laughs> his mediocre play propelled the Panthers to the Blue Bonnet Bowl. You laugh. I just want someone to catch the ball in that position or to be used. Oh, man. It's, it's actually, you know, I'm, to be honest, as we shift gears here, uh, 
from barbecue and football. I was not as depressed about the football loss because we expected that. Basketball is really what had me down in the dumps this past week. And actually, I don't know if you call it a late bloomer, but I've also gained 40 pounds recently just since Thanksgiving and since pit <laughs> basketball started because I can't stop eating out of just sheer depression, thinking about where we once were, St. Francis. St. Francis. Yeah. Yeah. They, Inexcusable. Uh, yeah. And, and got beat wire to wire by this team, too. At one point was down by 20 points. Uh, j- just an, an embarrassing loss, a horrible loss. And you look at what St. Francis has done since then. They've gotten blasted by by several teams. Uh, so they, it's not like this was some, uh, you know, s- some, you know, buzzsaw that ca- came into the Peterson Event Center. Uh, but the Panthers did rebound, and they beat the Drexel Dragons mm. uh, handedly. Needed uh, that late, one. Later on the, in the weekend. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, this is a team, and this is, uh, I think you're seeing this a lot around college basketball is that, you know, because of COVID restrictions and, you know, playing a lot of young players, you know, it's going to take guys some time to mesh. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's any excuses for, for losing the St. Francis, but, but Pam, this team, you know, they need to, you know, they got, they're playing a bunch of new guys together. I mean, yeah, they're, they're core players. You know, uh, Johnson and Tony and Champagny, the the main guys there, you know, you know, we know what we're getting with them. But, you know, all the other guys are still trying to come together as a team and they they need everybody in order to be good. Yeah. And they they played well against Drexel. I mean, you were able to see some improvement there, Um, but. Tony's going to be the leader of this team. I mean, without a doubt, right? Yeah, he is. You know, his, I mean, it's early, like you him said. Him and Champagne are the, the two most consistent players that that they have. And, and I mean, Tony on the defensive end, though. Is, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this is a guy uh, that you know, if he was on, he would be an excellent contributor as like a fourth guy, a fourth option on like a national championship team. You know, but unfortunately, with Pitt right now, he's got to be relied on to be one of the stars at this point. But it, those guys together, and hopefully some of these younger guys uh, start to uh, play a little bit better. Is better. They certainly need consistency from Xavier Johnson. He was absolutely horrible uh, against St. Francis, but then turned around and led the team in scoring against Drexel and played quite well. I'm um, interested in uh, what about the so first game it was. Uh, Hughley, the freshman, was in for yep. like 20 minutes in that game, and Koulibaly was on out for half that. But then they flipped it against Drexel. Is that like going to be the the rotation between them two? I, How's that? It's hard, how does that work? It's hard. It's hard to say. And, and you know who's going to be? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly minutes up for grabs uh, down in the post position because they they have have not had you know, a presence down there for, you know, probably close to a decade. Uh, You know, they need good players, uh, guys that can get rebounds and rebound effectively and provide some low post scoring. They haven't had that. They got out-rebounded in this Drexel game, something that's got to change. 
you know, whether it's Hoogley, Brown, Koulibaly, they got to do they got the do guards huge. have to rebound too though. Hughley they, barely they played in that in that Drexel game. That's one I'm that's what I'm it, thinking like well, no wonder they get yeah. out rebounded against a team well, like that. Well, maybe that's get these you know bodies, he did not throw them out yeah, there. He didn't play great. He didn't play great against St. Francis, so maybe that's you know, capable send, sending a message you got to step your game up. I will say uh Jeffress uh the freshman. This kid looks like he's got a ton of potential. This looks like somebody to me that really good programs would be recruiting. You know, I, I think, you know, guys like Collier and Hughley, I think they're going to get there. They're going to take a little bit more time. But this Jeffers, he he really flashed uh, some potential. Uh, one guy, Ithel Horton, uh, transfer from Delaware, uh, the guard, he has not been that impressive so far. We were really counting on him to provide some good outside scoring, a guy that could be able to take it to the bucket. Uh, we haven't seen that yet. Uh, uh, Nike, the transfer from uh, Miami, Ohio, uh, hopefully he'll be eligible soon and provide a lift there at the guard position. But, you know, we we got to get more guys stepping up. It can't just be those three every single night, uh, the, the top three players. Uh, and it's kind of the same story that we've seen uh, the past couple years. You know, they have a couple guys – uh, that can do well in scoring. Uh, they got no rebounding. The defense isn't that great. So it's kind of like unless those guys are really on, they, they don't have uh, uh, they don't have a good chance to win. You've really studied this team, really grinded the film here. Do you think they have a chance to compete night in and night out? I'm not saying win against the top teams in the ACC, but can they be competitive and be a a watchable team and not really hit that wall like they did last year? I think so. Yeah. And and especially, you know, this year in the ACC, it's the ACC, you know, while it is, you know, the premier conference in America is not, you know, it's not the, I don't think there's as many elite teams, you know, Duke, you know, is starting, you know, three freshmen, two sophomores, you know, that that's a typical Duke team. We'll see if they're any good or not, you know, North Carolina, they got one of their better recruiting classes in a long time, but they're uh, still maybe not as highly regarded Louisville, not as strong this year. Uh, you know, a team like Miami who who's been better or a team like Notre Dame, who's been better, you know, those teams aren't as good, you know, so it, it or, or Virginia, you know, they're not, you know, while they're ranked very highly, you know, they're not at the level they were when they were winning the national title. Uh, so, you know, I think they can be more competitive, but it's going to take consistency from those three players, and it's going to take some some other of these guys stepping up. We've only seen two games so far. There's only been two data points so far. So we're not quite sure where everybody's going to be going to be at. they got to start playing together as a team. That's only going to come with repetition. Uh, they got a big game. Uh Saturday night against Northern Illinois. Uh, and then they got a game uh, coming up next week against Northwestern in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think that's a 9.30 p.m. start or 9.15. On it's, Wednesday. It's a late start. So set your <laughs> calendars. Maybe take a nap beforehand. Uh, and then and then, uh, and then, I believe Gardner-Webb is the last uh, non-conference game they have. And then even in – in the middle of December, they're going to hit the ground running uh, in the ACC. I think the first game is against Miami, so they got to be ready uh, for this. They got a few more games to get get things right and try to uh, you know 
figure things out before it starts to really count. And that is on Saturday night is the next game against Northern Illinois. That game was recently just added to the slate, wasn't it? Yeah. Last minute. Yeah, so. yeah. That's that's this that's is what's college basketball. Be. Is this here. is absolutely <laughs> what's going to be. Jeff Walls for uh, on the women's side, Louisville coach was just tweeting, "Hey, play us. We need people to play because they were supposed to play UConn on Friday, but they were able to find an opponent. People it, are just tweeting it out. Coaches it, are tweeting out. It, hey, it, can you play us? It, it's like the fight game, Alan. People are just looking for a fight. It's great. Yeah. Hey, Kentucky, why don't you come step up to some of this? Maybe, maybe yeah. you think Cape will tweet that out after we take we we win all these games up through Miami. I, I'd like to weeks. see that, but <laughs> but I, I think I think we got to focus on ourselves instead of focusing on anybody else before you could start calling people out. Like I, it mean, maybe be like you know, uh, maybe if they go on like a, a ten game winning streak, then you know, they challenge like they're supposed to play North Carolina at the end of the season. They challenge them to an earlier match. Maybe we'll see something like that. Well, and we could see it in the women's game too, Pam. It looks like uh, the Panthers off to a good start. Are we getting the fluid scheduling there as well? So far, beating GMU and Hofstra. Uh, how, how's yeah. that going to work? Yeah, Pitt women hasn't. Uh, they haven't fa- faced any scheduling things or added anything as of as of recent. Um, so they had two games, two solid games for the Panthers. Uh, always good, especially for they're still a young team. I feel like we've been continuously saying this about this team, but for them to get their feet wet, um, Jayla Everett, a guard's been averaging over 20 points a game, and she's a player to watch for this team. She's a transfer junior guard out of the University of New Mexico, newcomer to the team. Uh, and in 2018-2019 season, she was the Mountain West Freshman of the Year, and at times last year, this team couldn't score consistently. So to get a consistent score, someone that can uh, like Everett for this team with experience, um, that's an excellent addition. And then we still have Day Harris, the sophomore, who was the leading scorer, assist and steals on this team. Um, she's done well early on. And uh, in the post, we have Amber Brown and Rita Rita. Ig- Ig- Igbakwe is returning as well. So um, they do have one COVID issue. Senior Marcella Lamarck, um, one of their post players, is from Brazil. She hasn't been able to arrive to the team yet due to COVID and visa issues in her home country. So a little bit of depth missing there, but they have a lot of young players, a lot of recruits coming in. But it's good to see some of these freshmen from last year um, getting great playing time early on contributing and then adding pieces like Jayla Everett still still struggling from the three-point line early on in the season though a little bit right that's what they're searching for is it whoever shows up there yeah, will yeah. be a big help it'll be is it Everett maybe? uh hopefully well yeah and maybe Gabby Green if she can find her stroke as well returning in that position yeah so. well Everett's certainly doing her part oh, yeah. yeah she's averaging 20 I know it's a small sample size but averaging 20 points a game but so. I think she's going to be a really good solid contributor team and if you're new to watching Pitt women's basketball I watch watch for Jayla Everett too I think she's going to be good and I think with eligibility she'll be here this year and next year yeah that, that's good news mm-hmm. and, and I like the fact that they got a lot of players into these first two games yeah you know 10 elite 10 players uh playing at least over 10 minutes uh so far in, in these two games obviously that's probably going to change once, once you get into 
conference play and, and you got to tighten up your rotation a little bit. And conference play but, starts on Thursday against Virginia Tech. Um, they do have one more game on Sunday against Delaware. Um, Pitt was finished, uh, picked to finish a second to last in the ACC, but we'll see what happens. I mean, with so many different protocols and games getting moved around, who knows what will happen. And later on, uh, as the season continues to develop, we'll take a look at the ACC conference as a whole, but a lot of really interesting storylines on the women's end here this year. Anything, whatever, rank them 13, 14, 25, I don't care. Iowa State's about to win the Big 12, Pam. Anything can happen in 2020. Absolutely. I absolutely. And Pitt can, I think they'll be a little more competitive and they finished the season strong. They beat, uh, they beat Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. I know it yeah. wasn't the same Notre Dame, but still. They, it's they good. ran Muffet McGraw out of town. <laughs> That's the leap there. But I think it's still good for a young team to get confident, confidence in playing big time games like that. Sweet. We got hoops revved up, ready to go. Hopefully college basketball handles things as neatly as the NBA did. The NBA already coming, already has to come back this soon just to save sports again, I think. But I cannot wait for it. But let's move on to what they're saying online about the Pitt Panthers. And there's some interesting stuff going on here on the Pitternet. Jerry Jones, Vince, says Ben DiNucci is the same as like having to play Kendall hitting a wide receiver at quarterback. He said, quote, I don't know that Denver had any more of a challenge than we've had with Ben DiNucci or with the young quarterbacks that we've had. And by the way, two or three of those Broncos quarterbacks will be back from the COVID reserve list. So Jerry Jones taking a moment to put the boots to his own terrible <laughs> pit quarterback and – complain a little bit to the league I guess I don't know what's going on there but unnecessary everyone knows Ben DiNucci's no good you don't have to tell him that Jerry Jones how rude yeah and I oh I hate Jerry Jones so much like (laughs) leave the kid alone and also you know you're playing your third string quarterback we saw it here in Pittsburgh last year with Duck Hodges. No offense, Duck, but, you know, when you get oh, to your third-string quarterback. Ben, he's way better than I, I understand he's <laughs> way better, but but when you get down to your third quarterback, it's a little rough there. Third, fourth quarterback, which the Cowboys had to play. So, or Jerry, sign someone better if you well, don't like a, it. That's what I didn't understand. You know, you know, if this kid was that bad, why, why is he on the team? Exactly. And they had, they had two other quarterbacks – uh, available that they could have played, uh, and <laughs> they didn't do it. Do you think so, that's? Uh, ooh, I got a conspiracy theory. Do you think that's Jerry Jones kind of calling out Mike McCarthy for playing Ben DiNucci just because he knows his dad from uh, from uh, over uh, down the run? It makes sense. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, uh, this this is just this is just ultimate heel move by Jerry. This is real. It's just ridiculous. And plus, there's like eight, nine, ten XFL quarterbacks you could have tried out instead of Ben DiNucci, Jerry Jones. Just saying, but whatever. The pitternet it never ceases to amaze. If you're hearing moaning and growing, don't don't worry. There's no humans uh, getting beat or and or fornicating. Those are peacocks. As I'm recording in the outside studio today, Pam. So don't be alarmed. I don't know if you heard him. Yeah, you're uh you got some sunshine and we got cold and 
snow no. melting here in Pittsburgh. So we're uh, we're all a little jealous of you. Yep, I'm down here. I'm getting ready. I'm going to be down here for Pitt Miami in three weeks. I hope I'm not here for that. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't even be allowed in the building anyway, and I wouldn't go anyway because I'm responsible. Unlike these people walking around town, even in even in the snow, they're walking. They're going into public vents. I don't get them, and they're saying absurd things when they walk into these places that really shouldn't even be open right now. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. Of- Bit ridiculous what some people are saying. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the answers are saying. You see him get whooped by Clemson in that. Ah, they were just tanking for next year. Nothing to play for, you know? Where do you hear that nonsense? That Kurt Herbstreet said it on the news the other day. Them teams tanking because of COVID. Uh, jo- Johnny Majors, he'd never do that. Hail to Pitt. What the Inzers are saying. That's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, just just uh, a lot of uh, Kirk Herbstreit. Just a, <laughs> Come on, wow. Kurt. Come on, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking about that, Alan. Uh, it, the uh, playoff rankings, uh, another round of those are out. Uh, and there was one major game I am I am hyped beyond belief for this week. Oh, college football, you had such a rough week. And I don't know if you could recover from it because with the playoff rankings coming out, Yahoo, Yippee, we get nonsense on ESPN from really a trusted voice. Pam, I don't know. I was disturbed by this. If you were, I, th- I, th- I thought of you because I feel like you you must have been shaking your head because we expect more from Kirk, someone like Kirk Herbstreet, so respected, saying something so silly and then apologizing for it, but I don't know. I don't know how much damage he did to himself. Trying to say that teams might be ducking other teams because and using COVID as an excuse irresponsible to speculate and no really real way to verify how would you ever verify that and he specifically the example he used was michigan against ohio (laughs) state and he went to ohio state so but i mean come on don't throw that nonsense out there he's he said some other interesting comments this week that might be uh you know maybe a special episode or something we can dive into about college football as a whole and whether too much attention is being played to the top four teams and other uh, storylines are neglected because everyone just cares about the playoff teams anymore. But I, to imply that anyone would duck another team because of COVID, uh, you know, we're talking to you, Dabo Sweeney, as well, um, is just ridiculous. I He's getting some backlash, and rightfully so, just like Dabo I, has in the past. I can tolerate it from Dabo. He's a coach. He's paranoid. He's overworked, tired, trying to please a million different masters. Sure. Fine. No. And he's not a part of the media. But to do that on in that platform, irresponsible, especially without any X-Files music, playing or sound effects or goofiness it's not in jest it was serious and it was kind of disturbing even saying it about a rival doesn't make it cute vince so that was upsetting no. i so respected kirk Herbstreet, but that really he took a hit to me this week saying that stuff but then bringing up the unfairness of college football and just how crazy it is that we look at these just these four teams with all like look 
Pam forgot her own team has a game next week, and I don't blame her because really they don't matter anything at the end of the day because of how this sport is just really flawed. Yeah, yeah and it, it was just disappointing to see him present that as fact. Yeah, as if it was gonna gonna happen, and that was the reasoning behind it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Michigan is you know they do have some some COVID issues, and they did cancel their they had to cancel their game uh, this week. But to to flat out call somebody out and say that you know they just don't want none is, without knowing that is is a little ridiculous, Pam. Uh, don't you think that you know yeah even if you're thinking that you know that's not something you say on national television. No, not at all. And yeah, it's completely irresponsible. Um, but to defend myself, I think emotionally all year, I prepared myself for Clemson being the last game of, course. of the season. Yeah. And, you know, being able to take a mental, emotional break, regardless of whatever happened to that. But, uh, and the Georgia Tech game did get moved. I care about other teams. I care about a lot of other teams of in college course. football. Especially one uh this weekend that i'm super pumped about but they're you know looking at the rankings we got alabama notre dame clemson ohio state it'll be really interesting if the big 10 you know they can never make a decision decides to change their mind on a championship eligibility for ohio state um if they can participate in the big 10 championship game previously they said to participate in that game you had to have six games ohio state doesn't look like uh, they might not get there, um, so will they bend the rules? Um, but five, we have Texas A&M, six, Florida, seven, Cincinnati. Come on, Cincinnati, make a move. Uh, eight, Georgia, nine, Iowa State. Come on, fighting Mike, but, Matt Campbell's, and ten, Miami. Well, I'll say this. I, I don't think Ohio State's looked that impressive, Mm-mm. to be honest. Especially, I mean, especially against Indiana. They I were mean, supposed yeah, to kill them. Big li- yeah, they had that big lead and they let it up. And you know, I mean, Indiana, I suppose, was ranked top ten at the time. But Ohio State, I mean, they 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 won comfortably against Penn State, but they you know let them back in the game a little bit, a lot. And, and yeah, so I, I I am really hoping for for Texas A and M or Florida uh, to jump over uh, Ohio State here. I, I would absolutely love that. Well, yeah, just to uh, piss I, those people off, but. I'm with you there for sure, but I want to see two SEC teams, but I really don't care. Alabama is going to crush all these teams. It's over. What I care about is the Big 12 title game. That's what matters most (laughs) right now. Bob Stoops is back at Oklahoma. They're desperately trying to win a sixth title in a row. Iowa State all of a sudden is in this position of power. So much going on in that conference. That's what I'm paying attention to. Well, Al, I just wanted to present one scenario to you. Uh, Say Florida – would beat Alabama in the, in the SEC title game, and Notre Dame would beat Clemson in the ACC title game. Could you, would you like to see a playoff of Alabama, Notre Dame, Florida, and Texas A&M? I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Or I would just do a three-team playoff and and leave <laughs> A&M out of it. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, just leave Ohio. Ohio State's not going to play enough games. What the hell's the point of a season? If you're going to let a team play in so few games into the playoff, it, it is really yeah, and, a and joke. It's, and, and yeah, while they may finish undefeated, they didn't, you know, they didn't play anybody that good. Pitt was and undefeated after it, the first two weeks. What about our playoff spot? Yeah. But per, after the first three weeks, uh, it, it just, Ohio state has not looked that impressive 
And if they, yeah, if they make it with just playing, you know, half a season essentially and not, you know, have, you know, any impressive victories. I mean, what, what was the point of the season? You know, what, what was the point of playing all these games? If you're just going to, you know, rent, uh, pick somebody based on their preseason ranking. College football playoff. It's going to be forced down our throats. I said beginning of the year, shouldn't it even happen? Just let the conferences play it themselves and wipe your hands clean of this year. But there was too much money to be made. So now a couple extra people are going to have to get COVID so we could all watch Alabama win the national title game. BYU and Coastal Carolina, big game going on. Who you got in that one, Pam? Um, I got the Chanticleers. I, BYU's good, though. This game was supposed to be Coastal Carolina versus Liberty and Hugh Freeze. Uh, Liberty's Coastal, or Liberty's had some COVID issues. This is another thing. Scheduling on the fly, BYU stepped up. BYU might adopt Washington earlier in the year, maybe not wanted to play them. There's some controversy surrounding that. BYU committee has not respected them, still stayed at number 13. Very good team, very good quarterback, very good offensive line. I think the Chanticleers in Coastal Carolina will pull the upset, though. They're the most fun team in college football, and this year we need some damn joy. Yeah, I, I, I do like the Chanticleers in this game. They are a 10-point dog right now. Uh, and, and I'm picking them based on this is because they were training all week, ready, ready for a fight, ready for a game. And BYU was not going to have a game this week. Uh, they haven't had a game for since before Thanksgiving. Uh, so they've been, you know, they've been well rested, uh, but they weren't preparing to play this week. I believe they have a game next week. So, you know, can they get in, you know, game mode that quickly i don't i don't know uh that's why i i am i am picking uh the chanticleers uh to have a, a big upset uh th- this weekend i am so hyped for this game Th- this is what it's all about uh two exciting teams uh just putting them together and having some fun throw slapping it together going out there and playing some football and maybe trying to get some heisman tape out there for the wilson guy so this is going to be fun to watch. I'm picking Coastal Carolina as well just because Sun Belt bias. And there you go, college football in for a fun one this weekend. Uh, hopefully not as upsetting as last week was or as controversial. But I'm sure there's plenty of that coming with Thanksgiving coming coming off of the holidays and COVID numbers going up, people saying dumb things still in the media. Oh, it's 2020. It's going to go out with a big old bang. And we've got a whole month left of it and we're going to be right here on the hell to pit podcast talking about it winding up football and going into basketball pam let's do it hell to pit hell to pit all right everybody thanks for listening to the show remember you can follow us on all social media at h2p show email the show hail the number two at pitpodcast.com. and of course we appreciate feedback on panther lair on reddit we love talking pit everything with you online on the pitternet and remember we were brought to you by pretty easy podcasts you could go to prettyeasypodcast.com to start your own show right now get your own producer at an affordable rate like we do that's the way to do it hail to you everybody thank you so much for enduring 2020 with us we'll see you next week getting ready for georgia tech hail to pit